This is Parenting for the Everyday. I'm Becca Alvarez. And I'm Holly Dyke Andrew. We are two moms currently down in the trenches of parenthood. We want to create a community of support and encouragement as we set out to find the answers to the parenting questions that everyone is asking. From the easy stuff to the hard stuff, we want to talk about it all. Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about navigating making big decisions for your family. We're talking about those moments when God calls you to make a sudden change, when He asks you to do something that feels hard, it feels uncertain, and as it often is, you don't have all the answers up front. We're talking about how to lead your family and your kids through those moments, but before we dive into all of those questions, I would love to just take a minute and introduce the people that are sitting across from us. Um, If you guys will just tell us who you are about your family and what led you to this place. Yeah, I'm going to let my wife go first. Okay, hello. My name is Ingrid Abston. I am married to Lentrell Abston. We have three little kids, Amir, who's five, Amaya, who's three, and Avi, who is 22 months. I am from Dominican Republic. Um, I come from a small village in Santo Domingo, the capital of my country. And yes, so I grew up in Juan Tomas um, in a small um, village, going to Bible studies from our missionaries, Paul and Linda McMillan. So they have been there serving the Lord for more than four years. So as a kid, I used to go to their Bible studies all the time. So it wasn't until I was 16 years old that I really gave my life to the Lord. And it was I was led to the Lord by um, an American girl who came to my community to lead an English camp. So um, I remember at the end of the English camp, um, through all the emphasis they had put on on the spiritual, on the gospel, I understood my need of giving my life to the Lord. And, and that day she led me to the Lord in prayer. And I became a Christian. Since then, I've been walking with the Lord. And I love that. Yeah. And so my story as a young man who grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, I... Uh, Really made a lot of bad decisions. Um, didn't have a father growing up and had role models, but they were like the wrong role models. And so at 17 years old, I found myself in prison um, serving two and a half years. But it was there that I heard about Jesus and I surrendered my life to him. And so I got saved in prison, but also received like my call to ministry there in the prison. And so when I got out of prison, I got an opportunity to leave Cleveland and move to Mansfield um, by a guy named Bob who discipled me, loved me, became like the father I never had. And it was there in Mansfield that I met Ingrid, Um, a couple who knew me and knew her, thought to introduce us to one another. And um, the Lord uh, brought our stories together. I love it. That was a good introduction then. Um, If you're not familiar with CCC, we have the vision here to plant 60 gospel preaching churches in Northeast Ohio in the next 30 years in communities that don't have easy access to a gospel preaching church. And so Lynn Trail is on our team and is working to be planting a church in the Euclid area. And so as we dive into that, could you guys start by just walking us through the process when you guys decided you wanted to be a part of this mission, when you wanted to apply for it? Ingrid, were you on board from the beginning? Like who kind of spearheaded? How did you guys navigate that? Yeah. So the the burden or the call to plant a church has kind of been in my heart for a while. Um, moving to Mansfield and being a part of a biblical church there, I kind of long for and kind of question why there weren't many biblical churches in my old neighborhood. 
and so that's how the burden kind of started and developed. And um, when we came back from the Dominican and took, I took a position at the church in Mansfield, I kind of confessed to the senior pastor that I wanted to church plant. And so it was always like on our radar. And so um, we had moved to a new house and I was stable in that position, but we started to talk about what would it look like for that church to plant a campus within inner city Mansfield. And that's when I started to have the conversations with Ingrid about church planning. And um, you want to share how you <laughs> felt when I first told you about church planning at Inner City Mansfield? Oh, yes. Well, at the beginning, I can say I was not enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I was hesitant. And the reason why is because it had only been a year. We have came from the ER. I was still adjusting to the country, me and the kids. And um, it was hard for me just to leave <laughs> the place we were living and, and start again. But also, we were part of, uh, part of a very loving church that had embraced us, supported us. And I felt like we were in the place that we were supposed to be. Like God had opened that door for Lentrell to be in leadership. And really, that church had God had used that church to impact our lives very much. I told you earlier that I came to know the Lord by a girl who came to my country, and she was from the church. Oh, yeah. Lentra oh, yeah. was being a pastor. We were we met in that church. We got married in that church. So I thought, like, well, the puzzle is all together. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is it. Where yeah. are we going? Where are you <laughs> telling me about church planning? I think here is where we are supposed to be, probably. But then I realized, like, well, I began to pray and ask God, why am I so attached to this place? I just came from the yard where I was living for all these years, and I'm just here for being here for a year. I shouldn't, and I began to scan my heart and ask God, search me, well, what is there? And I remember taking a step back and letting her know that, hey, this is a burden of mine, and I feel called to this. But if God is calling me to this, he's going to call you to this as well. Mm -hmm. And I said, I won't go forward. I won't do anything until you're on board. And it didn't take long. Um, God started. I was praying, though, for sure. Yes. But the Lord started to work in Ingrid's heart. And um, it was like maybe a month or so. She came and we had a conversation. And she's like, I'm on board. Mm -hmm. And so around that same time, I had a church planning assessment set up in Orlando through uh, the denomination that that church was a part of. And around that same time, I met uh, Richard White and some of the Orchard team. And we started to have conversations about what would it look like to church plant with Orchard. And they actually came down to the assessment um, in Orlando with us. And that's how the relationship started. And mm -hmm. we ended up connecting with Orchard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I'm hearing that I think even starts this conversation is that when you're deciding something from your family, for your family, something really hard that causes a big change, the Lord is not going to call one of you and not the other. And yeah. so that patience of asking the Lord to, hey, work on both our hearts so we're on the same page mm -hmm. feels like it's the first piece to our puzzle of like, hey, when you're leading your family, that's the first thing, mm -hmm. right? That you need to be on the same page with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think being so open to that, too, I think that takes an openness of both partners. You talked about feeling really comfortable in Mansfield, and I would imagine that coming from your home country to a place where you feel comfortable would be such an important thing um, because there's so many things that might not feel comfortable. And so Mm -hmm. I think even just having that openness of like, okay, (laughs) this feels like this is it, but if you're saying that maybe it's not, I will be open to hearing from God. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that takes a big step, especially as partners. So what are some things that you consider when you're making a decision for your family that is big, that will disrupt What are the factors that you guys went through? Yeah, because even with church planting, there's so many unknowns. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to a new community. Like I'm, I'm thinking like, where do you live? Like, what are the things that you guys are like considering at this part in your process? Yeah, there there were a lot of dynamics. I mean, of course, when you have younger kids, you think through that. There was like a park right behind our last house, and so we were kind of thinking through what would that look like. And I just want to say like. You want to be mindful of family. You want to be mindful of, you know, the kids. But ultimately, you just trust the Lord. And I can't say, I I can't boast on this enough, how the Lord provided every single thing we needed. And so, at our new house, we have a park right down the street. Uh, There's, you know, just a big backyard. And we were, like, very open about the house we bought, um, we just really wanted to get into the community. But even the house we bought is just like perfect for us. And so we can kind of get caught up in the details. But I just want to take a step back and say, like, the Lord knows what we need and he will provide it. Um, but you do. You consider um, the family. You consider school systems as much as you can. You consider all the dynamics. But at the end of the day, you have to step back and trust the Lord. Was there ever a time that you doubted it? That you thought like, ooh, we got this wrong. wrong. Like maybe this wasn't what he was telling me. And if you had that feeling, how did you move past it? Yeah. I'll say for me personally, no. I feel like there's been like just checkpoints of affirmation throughout the journey. And so just little things that have just kind of brought affirmation like, yeah, we are on the right path. Um, I don't know. What about you, love? Well, not really. I know that... um, God has a heart for the lost. I know that the calling to church plan is a God thing. And I knew we were in the center of his will. So mm-hmm. I haven't had any doubts. That this is Do you right know thing. that you're in the center because even some practical things of, hey, when you're raising kids for our listeners in really hard times, what are you doing? Because you're praying, you're in scripture together. Like, what are the things that make you feel certain, like you're where God wants you to be? Well, I have so many. I have a journal, like through the process of struggling and asking God to speak to me and telling him to pray for me because I'm not there yet. And I want to say yes, but I, I want to say it with joy. Yeah. And so just reading my Bible, God clearly met me and, and asked me, like, are you trusting me? Uh, I remember God saying, are you one of my fears was safety and security for my kids. It's just God... Um, encouraging me and assuring me like security is not a place it's a person yeah you're not safe because you're in Mansfield Mm -hmm. or in the suburb Mm -hmm. I am your protector trust me so just walking with God and in prayer he he gives us what we need and he met me you know (laughs) in the process what a beautiful statement of security is not 
a place, it's a person. Um, but even you bring up such a good point that I feel like I keep hearing over and over again of just journaling and the importance of journaling because you give God then the power. I think that sometimes when we pray without writing it down or, or doing anything like that, our prayers get answered, but they kind of get <laughs> passed up. You don't notice them because you never really wrote something down or or a real implanted memory of what you're asking and then seeing that answer. So I think your ability to journal and to walk through the process then gives so much glory and power to God as He answers even the small things like the park or or the security piece or things that you weren't sure would be a part of this story that God has the grace and the beauty of bringing a part of your story. Yeah, I love that. And if you guys are like, hey, this is exactly where God wants us to be. We don't have doubts about that. God has met us in that. But I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that doesn't mean it hasn't been hard. And so, you know, I don't want to only have rose-colored glasses right. that when yeah. you follow the Lord and you lead His will, it is just joy yeah. and easy and peasy. And so, <laughs> yeah, speak a little bit to those hard moments and how you walk your family through those. Yeah, there's definitely been hard and trying times and wanting to be open and having people in our house, but also, you know, protecting our kids. And there's, so there's a lot of things that we kind of struggle with, Um uh, sometimes not in the be- very beginning, not having a huge community, so no babysitters, yeah. <laughs> and not being able to take as many date nights as we would like to, and me oftentimes working um, hard and long days and getting home, and I'm just exhausted, and yet the kids are ready. Uh, yeah. They want to play. They <laughs> want daddy, right? And, so, and, and I can think of many more, but I remember very early on before we moved, um, sitting the children down and telling them we're going on a mission for God. And uh, I said, do you want us? Do you want me to be like Jonah? God is calling daddy uh, on a mission and you all as well. Do you, do you all want to be like Jonah? Or do you want to obey God? And they're like, yes, daddy, we want to <laughs> obey. We want to obey. And so, uh, and just kind of reflecting on those times now in the mission. That was before, but now that we're like in the thick of it, we have to remember we're on a mission for God and continuing to just cast that vision for the whole family and for my heart as well. What about you? Well, yes. One of them has been finding um, a district school, schools that are good district or Christian school in our area. Really, we don't have any. And just praying that God will open a door that our, our kids could and have good education and be in a safe environment. Sometimes that's that's Are you having like active conversations with your kids where you're saying, hey, this feels really hard or today was hard or, you know, daddy was really tired because it was a long day. But uh, like we're reminding ourselves together, like we're like Jonah, we're we're obeying God and we're going. Like, are you actively having those conversations? We are. We are actively telling them, yeah, daddy's tired, but daddy's serving Jesus. And even Mm -hmm. when I'm out, I know Ingrid has conversations with the children Mm -hmm. about what daddy's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of partner with you. Yes, yes, yes. All the time we pray for daddy. Um, They know like when they ask for, where is daddy? I say, well, you know, daddy has to tell people about Jesus. He's telling people about Jesus now. Mm -hmm. 
and they say, oh, yes, um, because people need to have their sins forgiven, so they need to know about Jesus. Uh, yes, and we are here to tell people about Jesus. I just love so. the invitation of, of inviting your kids into mission with you mm-hmm. and to like, hey, it's hard, but we when we live life with Jesus, that's the best place to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that explanation is so important, too, because if that explanation isn't there, then kids come to their own conclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, they know daddy's gone, and so if it's not being explained and it's not being put in this light of we're all in this together, then they could sometimes think of, okay, daddy's gone. I don't really like that he's gone. So I don't really like the reason that he's gone. And so then, you know, then you start going down a whole different hill and snowball Mm -hmm. situation. So I think it's so great that you explain it, that you put it in such a way of daddy is telling people about Jesus and we want everyone to know about Jesus. (laughs) And these are the reasons that we want them to know that. I think that is just such a beautiful thing for your family. Now, if some of our listeners are in a place of uncertainty, what would your advice be for them? Kind of grassroots, where do they begin? We don't know what to do with our family or how to think about this or how to go through it. What would you guys say? I mean, beyond what will probably maybe be obvious to the believer of pray, um, of course, you should be praying about it. But then I would just echo what my wife said. You know, the safest place to be is in the will of God. And if God is calling you to get involved in a ministry specifically or join a church plant in Clearview, in Euclid. <laughs> and maybe you know? in Euclid, yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right? But in the, whatever God is calling you to do, that's the safest place. And there's a story on the other side of our anxiety or nerves. Like there's a story of glory on the other side. So press in and follow him. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if if it's a couple, a family, I would encourage them to to be united and to agree and to go forward together and be patient. Like my husband was patient with me until I got to the point of saying, "Yes, I'm all in." You know, and at the end of the day, I knew he's the leader, but I and that I had to follow. But he gave me that time. To, to be ready and, and to be on board. Uh, so I appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost seems like it's just a mind, a mind uh, shift of thinking through. Like, uh, I want to know how, like, God gave me this family. And so how do I serve him with it? Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, you know, what does God going to give me for my family? And so that's just what I hear from you guys of uh, leading your family through a place of, hey, how do we live life with God and honor him? Mm-hmm. And we know that he's going to show up for us. And mm-hmm. I just think that's been really impactful for me. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been so transparent with just that this is— something that you're so sure of and that you know you're in God's will, but it's still hard. It doesn't make it easy. So when you are in seasons of extreme difficulty, whether that means that, Lintrail, you're gone a lot and you are needing to hold it down at home and it's hard and it's stressful or vice versa, what are ways, one, that you recognize that you guys are in a hard, hard place? Mm -hmm. And second part of that question, that you come together to fix it or to kind of ground yourselves again. Yeah, it's a great question. So, I uh, indicators that we're in a tough season. It could be uh, unnecessary showing frustrations, yeah. or you know, um, rushing through dinner time. So we try to make dinner time a, a sacred time where we're 
you know, gathering together, we have a little, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a ritual, but it's a habit that I think proclaims Christ where we light a candle and the whole family say Jesus is light. But I think we're in a tough place if we're rushing through a, a family time like that and not, you know, in the time that we do have as family making the most of it. And I know that my wife, and I love this about her, she in grace, in humility, she challenges me. Um, whether that's put the phone away at the table or let's remember family time is family time at the table. And so definitely just keeping communications open and um, and being able to speak into one another lives when we see each other, you know, in not in the in the, the most healthiest space. I don't you want to speak more into that? Yes, I think accountability to one another. Like then Trail can tell me, okay, if I'm kind of, irritated like slow down or give me a look and I know okay I'm I need to slow down I'm, or vice versa so, you know we I tell him hey you are being a little bit <laughs> so I kind of mean has seen he's he watches for me I watch for him and mm-hmm. I think that helps mm-hmm. yeah I love this idea of these habits that you're building if it's something of like hey we stop and we remember that Jesus is light mm-hmm. Jesus is the way we're here we look mm-hmm. back and we see like hey these are the way God provided for us in big ways and in little ways that he didn't have to to give mm-hmm. this park space you know mm-hmm. and so just constantly reorder, reorienting your family to point towards Christ mm-hmm. is there anything as we kind of conclude that you like any wisdom that you would want to leave families with uh, just as they are parenting through hard stuff through hey we feel like God is calling us to this but it's scary we're not sure like any lasting advice you want to leave them with <laughs> I mean even if like the Lord is not calling a family into like a specific ministry or get involved in a specific kind of ministry. Parenting is hard in general. Yeah. And so all my dear parents out there know that God's grace is sufficient. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that his power is made perfect in weakness, in our mm-hmm. weakness. And so hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, God didn't give us children because we were strong. God gave us children and through our children, he's going to use that to make us strong in Christ. And um, God's grace is sufficient. So press on, hold on. His power is being made perfect in your weakness. Yes. And when you face fears, um, like as a mom, sometimes we can be very fearful for the future where they're growing. Just to remember that God is trustworthy and that he has his best interest in mind for our kids. No, I wanted to protect my kids, but God said, I care more than you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to protect them even better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just trust God that he, he has the best interest in mind for your kids. Mm-hmm. He, they are safe in his hands. Mm-hmm. A perfect yes. note. I feel like that is perfect. That. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing with us, sharing your story, sharing parts of your family. And thank you for just your diligence to follow God's will for for your lives, for your family. Uh, we learn from that. You challenge us. And so we so appreciate it. This has been Parenting for the Everyday. Tune in next time.